Well, can I help you? Listen up. I'm bringing you the best content to ever exist in the door-to-door industry from sales, leadership, recruiting, and personal development. Well, why would I need that? Because never before have we been able to collaborate with the top experts in their industries, sharing their secrets and techniques on what makes them the best. Wait, who, who are you? I'm your host, Sam Taggart, creator of the DDD Experts and DDDCon. Is there a place we can sit down? Well, come on in. As the leading distributor of structural pest control, Univar provides training, services, and an arsenal of products to help you grow. Our 80 years of experience and industry-leading resource, PestWeb.com, provide unmatched opportunities for your company to succeed. Learn more at PestWeb.com or call 1-800-888-4897. Hey, so my name's Sam Taggart. Welcome to the DDD Podcast. And I'm here with Andy Bendia. Bendia. Do you put it on the I or the D? <laughs> Just play. Vindia, Andy Vindia. And he is the founder of Segura Solar, and they have now started a Segura Haiti and Zambia. So they have multiple international solar companies, which is a really unique topic we'll be discussing today. Um, he literally is from Romania, traveled and immigrated here to America in 2006 and literally all he had is a backpack. So we're going to dive into his story because I think it's one of the most fascinating serial entrepreneur stories. Now he runs over a, a multi, multi-million dollar company. And it's, it's really cool for me to find people that literally bootstrapped from nothing and had all the odds against them being not from a family of wealth, not from a, even knowing a soul here and building something really impactful and has brought energy to over how many people now in Haiti? About 20,000. Oh, only 20,000 people in Haiti that never even saw light in their homes before. Literally has brought the light to homes all over the world. And it's super fun to find people that are really making great money, but also making a huge impact and making a difference in our world. So if you're watching this and you're in solar, this is a really fascinating thing. So I'd, I'd for sure listen to this. And then like this if you're if you're all about solar or Haiti and saving the planet. So um, super excited to have you on the show, Andy. So thanks for taking your time out of your busy day. I know it's probably busy and it's already um, evening, so it's good. It's calm and quiet. Calm so. and quiet. Yeah, and we're yeah, just yeah. hungry, waiting for dinner after this, right? <laughs> so, um, so Andy, Andy, tell us a little bit about how you got. First off, like what inspired you to come to America? Let's just start back at this whole transition of like. I'm living in Romania, and America sounds cool. Was it just like watching a, a an American movie or something? Like, no, I, I'm curious how that whole started. No, it actually was a little um, easier than that. Uh, I had uh, a failed uh, attempt at a recycling uh, company, and after about nine grueling months of trying to raise capital for equipment, I decided that, hey, uh, this is not really going in the right direction. Not a lot of traction here. So I packed all my stuff in a backpack and uh, went to Alaska. Um, Now, look, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you come to America and, uh, uh, of course, things are not what they seem to be, Uh, especially if you go out to Alaska. Alaska, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Alaska is a little bit different. You're like, where are the people? (laughs) Yeah, we're more deer than people. Yeah. Um, but, um, look, it's, it's been an absolutely uh, amazing journey coming here. And, uh, uh, I've gone through the crazy jobs, washing toilets, being a cable guy, being a tree climber, 
luckily, I had uh, some really, really amazing people in my life that supported me and helped me throughout this journey. And eventually, I was able to uh, start uh, this solar energy company from, um, well, actually, from the leftovers of a community college scholarship here in Charlottesville, Virginia. Really? Piedmont, Virginia Community College. Really? Yeah. Some people, you know, drop out of Harvard and Stanford. I dropped out of community college. So you took your scholarship money. Yeah. And you're so you were a college student essentially and you said, Okay, I'm gonna go to college and study you were studying engineering. Uh, engineering, yeah. okay. And yeah. you're like, screw this. I've got some extra capital. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Let's try something new. Or no, yeah, I was, you like, see, I was curious you see, how when, that. Like... When people, when people, when people tell the stories of how things happen, they tend to uh, mystify things. No, things do not happen that clean. Yeah, I was curious. Everything yeah, is I'm... like everything is a stumble. Everything is a is a just. Um, you do this and it hopes it has the right impact and it has the right outcome. No, it was as simple as. Um, I had an opportunity to pick up a, a solar contract that was very good with uh, technical uh, projects and I picked up the, the, the contract and uh, I did good with it. I didn't know anything about solar whatsoever uh, and um, um, then I picked up another contract and then another contract after that. and. Um, it was as simple as, hey, I had $6,300 uh, in the scholarship uh, and uh, about three were left after I bought all the books and everything else I needed for that semester. And I bought a white Honda and a 24-foot ladder and, uh, you know, the rest is, is history. We, we started hiring people and um, treated our customers right and provided them value and didn't care about anything else to be real honest so it's kind of just building the foundation off of good customer service and getting the job done right and yeah. then it's grown to this don't fall off the roof <laughs> treat the customer right and collect the last paycheck Very so important that's that sounds like it hit a soft spot are there a few times that you went through and didn't get paid like well, you were I mean, supposed to you, look I, t I told you yesterday and I, as i shared with the sales team uh in the beginning uh, it's like you know uh asking somebody for money was very uncomfortable uh it was like i started shaking every time i needed to ask a customer for for to pay us for the work that we actually performed um so you know um it wasn't until one of my mentors explained to me that hey andy um you are um providing a, a, a value to your customers and this is the way they are paying for that value it's it's a normal exchange and it's you have done your job now they have to do theirs but um yeah for for several years after we started in 2011 almost uh seven years ago now um i i've had uh issues with with just asking customers for money and you know a lot of the times customer you know they don't want to pay until the this happens and this happens and try to delay things and yeah. some of them uh, unreasonable and uh, it wasn't until two three years into into the business that i got really really comfortable with asking for money and uh, it was because um, you know we have a team that we have to provide pay. for yeah and they have to provide for their families and 
these are not this is not just a flyby operation this is a real business uh right now there's almost 70 full-time people that work here another 60 70 subcontractors these people depend on a paycheck yeah and to be able to provide those paycheck paychecks and you know making sure they actually clear the bank <laughs> uh, we need money in the yeah. bank account so um it became part of business but it was very very uncomfortable in the beginning very very uncomfortable what are some of the other roadblocks that you maybe ran into as you kind of built your business scaled it grown what are some other like challenges that you've you know you kind of encountered that were pivotal in yeah. your journey i think uh i think look um one of the the really really big uh, elements i learned and, and of course i mean i'm i'm you're kind enough to have me on your podcast here but uh, i'm by no means an expert in anything whatsoever uh, i'm still learning and i hope to continue to be learning for the rest of my life uh, and uh, look uh, i've learned a lot of lessons and uh, a lot of them in a very very painful and costly manner and I think one of the, the, the biggest and most painful and most costly lessons I've learned has to do with people uh, and leadership uh, earned versus uh, assumed, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this difference between a boss and a leader and uh, this difference between just uh, ordering somebody to do something versus knowing in the back of your head that people will not do something they don't want to do but rather having to convince them that uh, they want to do a yeah. certain task or they you cannot shove your vision down to people's throats yeah I they think, have to buy into it and it's very very important that they do and i think that's one of the biggest issues we deal with in this industry is like we have our vision and then we're trying to convince all of our other people to go work and to get on the doors and to go recruit no. and to go no. do what they're supposed to. Just the daily act, simple activity that in our brains, it's like, why wouldn't you just do this and you'll make more money? Like, yeah. And, and yeah. for some reason, it seems to be one of the most difficult things to help inspire our people to act. And yeah. so for you, what are some of the things that you maybe have learned through trial and error to help become the leader versus the boss well look and, and there has been a lot of trial and error and it's it's uh, it's very important for me to mention that segura solar in virginia i don't run this company uh, anymore we have an incredibly competent ceo logan landry that uh, runs the company and he is the leader of the management team uh, we have a chief operating officer we have an amazing leadership team here and uh, we've uh, under his leadership uh, we were able to restructure the entire organization and into something that's a much much more scalable organization uh, and then put procedures around um, these these thoughts and ideas but uh, it's very important to mention that hey what starts as a thought and an idea can become actually a procedure mm -hmm. so to go to go back to lessons uh, learned on um, you know leadership is uh, uh, a couple of things um, in sales is clearly the the backbone of the of the the growth vehicle uh, and uh, 
I underestimated for a very long time how how mentally challenging uh, the, the 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 job of a sales individual uh, is, mm-hmm. and how taxing on an emotional level it is. And I thought that when I was running the entire sales team of the company of one, and then hired more salespeople and so on and so forth, I did all the sales myself. And I thought it was perhaps a deficiency I had that uh, you get nervous, uh, you get nervous before, before asking uh, for for a customer to sign a contract, before before putting putting a paper in front of in front of them and so on and so forth. I thought it was a problem with me. And it was only later on that I realized that, hey, hold on, everybody is struggling with, with the mental part, the this, failure, the... This is reconnected right now. We'll keep going. Huh. We got the audio, just keep going. So, um, it was only until later on that I, I fully understood that this is part of the job and it's normal and it should be addressed. And it should be addressed in a, a structured and very organized manner. And, um, you know, it begins with the simplest of, of things. is talking to, to, to your team about your challenges when you started out. Explaining to people that, hey, if it feels that, uh, you know, a okay. failure yeah. will bring you down entirely... Don't feel that way because it's normal. It's not that you fail or not. It's what you do after you fail. And I think a lot of people as leaders, they fake, they, they almost try to mask some of the problems and challenges and feelings that they actually sometimes have to pull out of this closet of like, oh, when I first got into sales, like I did same, I had those same things. You know what I mean? Like I went through those same hardships, the same challenges yeah. and being vulnerable first with your team in my yeah. opinion, it helps open up and show them like your true authenticity of a leader. And I yeah. think that's one of the one of the key principles of leadership. Um, and from what I'm picking up, it's just being able to kind of guide your people by being real and just raw with them and speaking speaking to the, some of the difficult aspects of this job. Yeah. I think, look, um, at the end of the day, authenticity is something that we really crave in our society today. Uh, everything tends to be very manicured and, and doctored, and, and we really crave authenticity. So aside from the you know society at large aspect of authenticity, in a, in a company, especially smaller companies, it's, it's, it's critical to, to motivate and educate younger managers. It's critical to motivate and, and, and educate uh, sales staff at the end of the day. Because if you can't get past the mental block of being rejected, you're not going to make it. So a prospect that otherwise could turn into an amazing saleswoman or salesman, um, you lose them because they just hit this wall. And the easiest way for them to get past this wall is to be able to bond with somebody that has managed to get on the other side. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I, I think the pitfall that a lot of leaders fall into yeah. is simply they fear the bond. And yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, we were talking about this earlier, the yeah. insecurity of, yeah. well, if I 
if I open up too much, then maybe they'll, they won't look at me as a leader. Or if I, if I try to connect or try to bond, then I like almost become vulnerable to, to attack almost like, it's almost like everybody's against me as the leader. And, 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 and that's kind of the next thing that we want to talk about was kind of this lonely place it feels as a leader. And that's probably one of the reasons we have this insecurity to us is it's a lonely place. Um, mm -hmm. So like speak to that. I know you mentioned like how lonely sometimes leadership can be. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. un underestimate the like what entrepreneurs and what owners have to go through. You know what I mean? It's I, I think uh, uh, I think the things throughout this amazing journey in the past seven years with with you know segura solar until 2014 and then segura international and now segura haiti and now segura zambia where it just becomes very very um clear throughout my interactions with my team throughout my interactions with fellow entrepreneurs uh through through throughout everything that i do is that sorry that hey um People want to be comfortable. They want to feel comfortable. And a, 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 a leader that, uh, you know, just... <sighs> you can't broadcast your problems. You can't... Uh, you have to internalize them and, uh, and hide them. And put a smile on your face and get a positive attitude. And uh, that is incredibly difficult to do when you're running out of money, when you're when uh, some of your staff is not performing, when when things just don't go the way you want them to go is is, is just incredibly difficult to just put a smile on your face and keep chugging along. And the the the, the majority of people that I have talked to. It's uh, they every single entrepreneur has sleepless nights. Every single uh, woman and man that I've talked to that that have started businesses or are passionately and and uh, uh, in an engaged manner running businesses have sleepless nights where they clinch their fists and cry in anger. And uh, it's true. I mean, and I think a lot of people never see that. They did that, you know, like, and, and if you're listening to this or, or watching this, um, I think you should probably show some appreciation and some compassion for yeah. whatever leader leads you, because yeah. I think somebody that has never been in a leadership role or an entrepreneur yeah. or um, in that position, I think they fail to recognize, like, yeah. they lose sleep over not being able to pay you, not being able to see you succeed, yeah. you know, um, those just moments where it's like, yeah. ah, I just want to like punch a well, wall. You know and, and, I mean? and look, I mean, the reality is that it's very important to to delineate the difference here between bosses and leaders. Bosses don't lose sleep. Leaders sure. do. Bosses go home at uh, six o'clock and all is left behind, and uh, the the problems of the work they are left at work. And leaders, they stress about, am I going to make payroll? They stress about, hey, is that investment going to come through? 
hey, uh, am, I, am I gonna be able to hire this top performer that I really want on my team? Uh, am I gonna lose a couple of people because I lost this project? And it's like, and, and um, it's not just entrepreneurs. It's also every single leader at every single level of management that is just involved in the business. They lose sleep over it and they get stressed and the, the internal part of the stress is just relentless and just keeps going and going and going and going because there's always something to stress and worry about. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, like a leader... Um, the difference between a boss and a leader, in my opinion, is if a boss was fired or a boss quit or a boss left, it's very easily replaced. It's like mm. a position filled. Mm. A leader, it's like if they didn't show up and they didn't perform and they didn't and they were to move or go, yeah. uh, that whole organization would crumble or that p- branch or that position mm. crumbles because mm. it's kind of like there's a difference between just filling a position and actually creating a movement, creating waves, I guess, throughout your company. And I think so many people, you know, a lot of people are prepping for the summer, the high season. A lot of people are trying to build teams and recruit. And I think they fail to ask, like, am I really doing this to be the boss and just feel this power of I can crack the whip? Or am I doing this to really lead and 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 provide extreme value for my people that yeah. I'm actually leading. And I think I think it's very important that that people before they look on the outside uh they look on the inside. 100%. What are my motivations for doing this? Am I power hungry? Do I actually want to make a meaningful impact? Do am I actually just going after money? Am I actually do, why do I do what I do? But not just ask yourself the question, oh, why do I do what I do? Well, because it matters and blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Why? What basic elemental human emotion does this particular activity um, instill in you and arouse in you that uh, allows you to continue to move forward? And um, also, I think it's, it's it's uh, it's very important and and you know again trial and error and um you 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 learn to 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 care more and earlier today you you talked about empathy uh i mean it's it's very difficult to be empathetic when things are not going well when things are going well and everything is smooth everything is easy relationships with employees, relationships with customers, relationship with investors, everything is easy when things are going good. When things are going bad, when you have to cut 30% of your staff like we did in 2016 here at Segura Solar, when when you have to cut people's pay, when you have to furlough people, when you have to, when things are going bad, that's when the, the... that's when the the empathy and the 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 understanding and the hey we have to figure out a solution that's good for everybody comes in and i think the lessons that i uh learned from the hardships are of course more painful and more costly but they're a whole lot more meaningful yeah well i this has been awesome i want to kind of shift gears off the leadership topic and i want to dive into some 
more storytelling because I feel like you have a lot of good stories oh. in you. Um, we're going to take a quick pause real quick. Um, all right. So a couple of the questions that I have that I just feel like you have a lot of crazy stories from running Segura Haiti that, you know, you shared kind of in January of just, you know, crazy employee stories, trucks falling off. You know what I mean? Like you just have all these random things that have happened that you're just like, man, shit happens. <laughs> like probably moments, right? Yeah. Where it's kind of like, wait, what? Wait, what just happened? Like, I feel yeah. like you have a lot of those dealing with international employees, you know, dealing with creating new markets for random people and, you know, bringing electricity to people that had never like really lived with electricity. That's got to be kind of a cool thing, but kind of tell us a, a couple of things that really were, um, I'll, I'm going to ask specific. So like, what's been the craziest, uh, story running a business that you were just like, nobody would believe actually happened. I don't have any stories that nobody would believe. But at the same time, my threshold is probably a little bit skewed <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but a... look, I mean, on the on the on the positive side, um, look, uh, in two thousand fourteen, we decided to 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 start this electrification effort for for Haiti, which is a country uh, in uh, the Caribbean uh, that has about ten uh, percent of its population electrified, and nobody in the country has power twenty four seven, and you want to hear something that's really crazy and unbelievable is like there's 1.3 billion people around the world that do not have power 24 7. just imagine your life without power like imagine like if, if like we lost power here in virginia for four days because of the nor'eastern and um everybody freaked out uh, but there's 1.3 billion people that have never had power and just go about their lives without power uh, and access to information and so on and so forth. So that's really, really, really crazy. So we really wanted to do something about it. And we realized that, hey, it has to be an economically sustainable uh, initiative. So what we did basically is we started uh, Haiti's first private utility company. Uh, and it's crazy particularly because we're a solar company in Virginia. It's crazy because a lot of reasons. It's first off, we're a startup utility company, which startup and utility company just don't seem to make, just don't yeah. mix very well. Uh, and the second, it started by uh, a guy that, you know, uh, ran a solar energy business, which there's always this perceived... Uh, epic battle between solar companies and utility companies oh yeah. I, I, and i i think that's very very interesting it's like we just 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 this perceived hate between all of us at the end of the day it was like nobody really cares to be real honest they're just uh businesses that are no longer you know startups so adapting their business model is very very difficult uh, 100%. <laughs> so, um, and I can understand a few things from the perspective of a utility company, you know, and it's like, and some of, some of, some of my friends tell me, Andy, you guys are not a utility company. Really? Well, we have bucket trucks. We have the power grid. We have exclusive 25 year concessions and we don't yet allow net metering. I think I, Makes us a utility company. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so it's like, what is a utility? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
so, so what was it like bringing power to that many people? Like, what were some of the reactions from people? I think, I think it was uh, first, first and foremost, there was a very big difference between what I personally perceived that journey to look like, particularly on how long it's going to take and how much it's going to cost. Uh, in short, I thought my pilot project was going to be done in three months. And uh, here I am four years later <laughs> and I'm still missing one wind turbine. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, however, it's been an absolutely amazing journey. And uh, uh, right now we have uh, 4,000 active paying uh, accounts, uh, businesses and homes, meaning that there's about 20,000 people, uh, 20,000 people that uh, have electricity 24-7. Uh, and they actually pay for this electricity. So it's not a donation. It's a value-for-value value exchange. And the most amazing uh, part of this whole journey has been uh, people's, uh, the dedication of our team in Haiti to this, to this cause and to this vision and uh, the extent to which people just took it upon themselves to to push forward this vision not just to benefit themselves but to benefit their neighbors to benefit the local clinic in town to benefit their friends and families and then we got our first thousand connections in one grid and then we went to the next one uh, and our technicians moved over and begun training new technicians and uh, it's been absolutely amazing to see this so what's your what's your long term goal? What's your vision with this? I wanna. I mean, ultimately, look. Uh, we we do things because uh, they make us feel a certain way. Uh, they either make us feel less guilty about our privilege, uh, or they make us feel. It makes us feel good that we put a smile on somebody's face. But uh, ultimately, every single decision that we make. It's is to a certain extent selfish. We are looking at ourselves when we make decisions, and whoever says they don't, it's BS, <laughs> because we are at the center of our own universes. Yeah. And um, I, I take a great deal of uh, uh, joy and pleasure from uh, number one, proving people wrong, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and number two, building things that uh, last. And if I can do that while proving people wrong, it's such a I'm good happy. feeling. Yeah, I was gonna and, say. Um, so it happens that there are uh, plenty of individuals to prove wrong, to prove wrong that yes, you can build a sustainable electrification model for frontier markets. Uh, yes, you can actually build a EBITDA positive business, which two of our grids already are EBITDA positive. Wow. In the poorest region of the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. That's insane. A country that's ranked by the World Bank as number 187th easiest place to do business. Right, very. There's only five places that are harder to do business than in Haiti. And, and that doesn't say a lot about, like, I don't want to bash anybody or anything like that. It's just, it's all bureaucracy, it's procedures and... Things are changing and they're getting better, but uh, there's a long way to go. 
Wow. So if you could give, and just to kind of wrap this podcast up, um, if you could give one piece of advice to an up and coming entrepreneur, or maybe somebody that's been kind of hesitant to say, yeah, I'm going to take the plunge and start and take action and, and, and do it. You know, like a lot of times I swear we have these big dreams. We have these goals or aspirations in life and we find ourselves five years later doing the same stuff. Right. So what, I guess, what piece of advice would you give that up and coming entrepreneur um, now being what you've done and what you've been through? Like, what would you tell him? Well, uh, in the, in the words of the great American philosopher, Nike, just do it. (laughs) I love it. So um, just do it. Just do it. Just do it and surround yourself with people that are better than you in every imaginable aspect. People that are smarter than you. People that are more skilled than you are. And do not be afraid to surround yourself with people that are better than you. And it's it's said so often that it's a cliche and when once things become a cliche they lose meaning i was like oh team is everything i was like team really is everything businesses what's a business it's a piece of paper that has legal backing it's a certificate of incorporation nothing more it's people at the end of the day people succeed people fail businesses don't succeed and fail it's people that succeed and fail so number one get off your ass and do it and number two surround yourself with people that are better than you i love that so if you're listening to this i hope you take that to heart and and reflect on that for a minute and just be like one who are the people that are surrounding me and two really am i just being lazy and scared am i is my are my own mental blocks stopping me from taking any action well look and I'll, I'll 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 shut up after this point um i love it no i think but, we're all getting some gold from this uh look the the reality is that people have different tolerances for 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 risk throughout their lives the time to the best time to start a business is not when you have a mortgage and four children and and uh, three car payments and so on and so forth. That's not the best time to take a wild risk. The best time to take a wild risk is after you drop out of college, after you graduate high school, after you go out there and you work for a couple of years, you go travel the world, you go experience and discover yourself a little bit better and what makes you happy and what makes you tick. Um, don't wait for it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I use this a lot with my team and, and, and it's, it's kind of become a little bit of a, you know, uh, a little bit of a bizarre metaphor, Doritos on the chest. It's like, don't be that guy that is sitting in front of the TV 10 years from present and saying, oh, I had this idea. And then why didn't you do anything about it? You're yeah. sitting there with Doritos on your chest. I love that. Because <laughs> you haven't taken action. Don't and be the guy with Doritos it's, it's, on look, your chest. There never will be a perfect time. It will be always incredibly 
scary and terrifying and 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 but then at the end of the day figure out what your product is figure out where you're going and and treat your these are the three pillars of business as i as i see them it's your your customers your team and your investors you make sure all these three are taken care of and nothing else really matters all of all the rest is manageable all of it is is take care of your customers take care of your team take care of your investors i love it i love it well thank you so much andy for being on the show thank like, you very much this, for this, having this me, was so. fun like i i think it's been fun kind of seeing Segura on an intimate yeah. level you know i've been able to work with you guys for the last few yeah. months and um it's been a pleasure to be able to yeah. just interview you now um but yeah if you're listening to this share this and uh like this and we'll we'll catch you on next episode thanks andy thank you thank you for having me sam thank you thank you